what happened? Why did this happen? Is this going to be a revolution of change or an evolution of change? Welcome to Brand With On Demand, your guide to rebooting radio. One of the things I've noticed through the years is that a lot of program directors have a tendency to take their hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> and when you take your hands off the steering wheel, things, yeah. <laughs> things will happen. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Brandwith On Demand, rebooting radio with a different take on all radio can be. Now your guides through the media morphosis, David Martin, and author of the book Brandwith, media branding coach, Kipper McGee. Harry Lyles is an accomplished multi-format programmer. He's widely recognized as a foremost expert in all forms of hip-hop, R&B, rhythmic, rhythmic AC, and gospel. He covers the bases. As president of Lyles Media, Harry has been the programming partner for some of the most prominent broadcasting and media companies in the business. He's been named to the National Black Radio Hall of Fame and is well known for positioning companies for expansion and rapid development while helping broadcasters understand a better rating story to help generate a better revenue. Harry's standout programming career is marked by cutting-edge strategy, stellar brand-building skills, and achieving and sustaining, most important, market share by building inspired station teams. When programming concepts with your local audience happen and ratings and revenue follow, it's all about hiring Harry, that's what we say. And he's with us today on Brand With On Demand. We're proud to welcome the one and only Harry Lyles. Hey, Harry. Hey. Glad to be here, guys. Thanks a lot. Well, we are so glad you're here, Harry. Thanks. So first question, you've been doing this for a while. You're advising a lot of different stations and companies. So when you first walk into a radio station, what do you look for? And how can you tell if they're probably doing okay or if they're going to need a lot of your attention? Great question. The first thing I do, I have a one-page questionnaire that I send in. And that questionnaire is basically asking them, what is your objective for the format or vision of the format? And of course, when you do that, you want to make sure that they have some kind of an understanding of the demographics that they're going to go after, the music that should be played for that demographic, have a conversation with them about talent, have a conversation with them about uh, their special programming, contest and promotion, and also community affairs and social media. But what's the foundation of any great radio station is going to be the music and the talent. I have learned through the years, if you can get those two things tied together and let them work together, you're probably going to have yourself a pretty good radio station. I think one of the things, guys, that happens today, I've noticed there in some of the projects that I've done with clients and non-clients, that there's a disconnect. And a lot of people want to say, well, it's a PPM uh, situation disconnect. I disagree with that. And when I look at the Nielsen PPM numbers, I see a consistency from large, medium to small markets. So when I first go in, it's important for me to do one thing, ask questions, and then help them put those pieces together to help them move forward and meet that objective or vision that they have for the station. And it's not hard. Again, it's the basics that are going to take 
to do one thing, and that's score in something called Nielsen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the great things we've noticed about your method, Harry, is you have an uncanny ability to break things down into little bite-sized pieces. We were intrigued by your very special radio ratings problem-solving method, which starts with what you call a self-reflection. Can you expand on that for us? Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed from station to station to station, the in-house situation is a little bit different. Even sometimes, guys, when I ask a program director, operations manager, or general manager, well, what do you like about your, especially if, if maybe the station's, you know, off a little bit, or they think that it's off a little bit, and they think that they're having problems. One of the questions I like to ask, well, okay, you think you have a problem, but is there anything here that you would keep? Because I think that's a very important question. We can sit here and self-reflect on all the elements and everything that ties the radio station together. But one of the things that I've noticed through the years is that a lot of program directors have a tendency to take their hands off the steering wheel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you take your hands off the steering wheel, yeah. things yeah. <laughs> things will happen. Oh, yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. So all of a sudden, the impact that was there, I just did a project two weeks ago for a very large size market that used to be a dominant station, and they're now in the threes. Right. But it was all self-inflicted. In other words, musically, they have a problem. They have a talent issue. They haven't done any contest and promotion in, in, in over two years. They downgraded their morning, their legendary morning guy left. And here's what happened. Instead of hiring his equal or upgrading, they downgraded. And the, the morning show has now lost 70% of their audience. Wow. My point being that didn't have to happen, but it happened. Now, can you fix that? Well, you know, when it comes to the self-reflection of looking at what a radio station is doing from a talent standpoint, that's a mistake you really want to avoid making if all possible. I, I'm going to share something with you guys because I remember when when the Patriots won the, Super, the last Super Bowl here in Atlanta on the CBS Morning News, they had Bob Kraft. And they were talking about, to Bob Kraft, like, why, why are you? Why are the Patriots so consistent in winning? And you've been to the Super Bowl the past 10, 15 years more so than anybody else. I never will forget his response. Here's what he said: It doesn't matter if it's on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. Every time we have to replace a player, if we don't re-sign one, we upgrade that side of the ball. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, that's that's what we should do in radio. Okay. But that doesn't always happen. When it comes to self-reflecting, a lot of times, in look, it, it, it starts right there inside that radio station. The ones who are closest to it should be able to figure out what's happening. But again, when you take your hands off the steering wheel, she will go off the road. Mm -hmm. So the self-reflecting part and the most important part of this is asking questions. What happened? Why did this happen? Is this going to be a revolution of change or an evolution of change? And usually, guys, it gets down to either an evolution or a revolution of change when there's a ratings problem. And hopefully not dropping our salary cap any more than we have to, huh? <laughs> That's right. Right. See, see the, the thing is this. I'm amazed at some people who are confused about their objective. 
I've run into a couple of situations where you still have some general managers and program directors and, and, and even operations managers. They want, they want to take a format and be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had some pretty good teachers. That's not the way it works, okay? If you can dominate two demographics, you can spread yourself out and become a pretty good radio station, regardless of format. I was just talking to a rock friend of mine the other day, and uh, he was telling me about the appeal of his classic hit station. And, but he knew where the epicenter of his format was, and that's the reason why he's successful. Great word. And one of the things, too, that you're always talking about is really, in addition to knowing who you're talking to, is knowing who you've got on board and really building that encouraging kind of winning attitude like Belichick uh, has done. But you want that throughout the station. So question number one is, what are some of the best ways for, say, a new program director to do that? And number two, what do you do when like half your air staff is coming in from other markets via voice track or whatever? How do you build that winning thing with people that you never see? Well, I'm, I'm going to be upfront with is if you and Dave were clients, Kepper. I'm not a fan of voice tracking. Right. I believe that one of radio's biggest problems is we have taken the companionship out of the business of radio. Mm-hmm. And I think listeners are smart. I give them credit. I can't remember the last time I heard somebody screaming because of a contest where they won something. It needs to come back. It, it's something else. Again, I'm not a huge voice track person. I think one of the things that has happened in radio is I consider all day parts important. Okay. I know some people say, well, we want to spend the money in morning and afternoon and we'll kind of figure out what to do in in the other day parts. Winning radio stations are consistent in mornings. They're consistent in middays. They're consistent in afternoons and nights. Okay. And it doesn't work any other way. There are no shortcuts to this. And I, I have diplomatically had to tell a few people where I did some projects, and they even had studies that there, there are no shortcuts. One of the things that when it comes to program directors, and, and, and I don't know why this is happening, and, and I'm assuming it's a new day, new breed of program director. They don't know their market. They don't read and they don't sit there and invert the numbers in Nielsen to find out why they're losing audience. Even when there's a research study, in the past eight months, I'll give you just one example, I did two medium-sized markets. They had done a research project, and both program directors thought that the epicenter of their audience was 18 to 34. Well, based on their own in-house research, hey, guys, one market, the audience started at 35, and the other market started at 40. Yeah. And so I, po- I pointed out, I said, here's your problem right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody hasn't read your own study. Bingo. But it happens, guys. It happens. Harry, for somebody just starting out, maybe in their first or second job, what advice would you give them? What suggestions would you have for them when they're ready to take that next big step? I will use myself as an example. For that person that is starting out, I want them to know that used to be me. And I was lucky. I was very lucky. I worked for some winning radio stations. First off, I worked at 
three winning radio stations in my hometown of Evansville, Indiana. Great, great management, great program directors. But again, I want to say this and I say it respectfully. That was a different day in radio. Okay, mm-hmm. even when my first job was at a country station in Evansville, Indiana, WROZ, Jim Emery, who was the program director, he came to talk to our class and he offered some of us to cut an audition. And I did one. Great. I did one. Great. And guess what happened? I got a job. Yay. And so my job was I got to run the Ralph Emery show from that that uh, was on, on disc. So anyway, then Bloomington Broadcasting bought an old MOR station. And so I applied there and got the 10 to 2 position and worked with two legendary guys that you guys probably know, Jim Wood, who later was the national guy at Mallwright, oh, yeah, and yeah. Buddy Scott, who worked at uh, CBS. B96, right? B96, yeah. You betcha. I'll, I'll stop right there. Meeting those two guys in little bitty Evansville, Indiana, helped me start my career. I watched, I asked questions. I can remember Buddy and Jim saying, hey, you're asking too many damn questions, okay? (laughs) But guys, I did it because I wanted to know. And again, as Jim explained, hey, we're a new station. This thing will unfold the longer you're here. And of course, it was very tight, okay? Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand at the time playing a record every 75 minutes. At right. the time. Right. Then all of a sudden, 75 minutes went to 90. Then 90 went to about 210 or 215. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So this is part of the chemistry of what how radio works. Right. So for anybody who is beginning, I was lucky. There's a lot of fool's gold out there nowadays. But at the same time, there are still some good broadcasters, program directors, operations managers, and GMs who are interested in teaching the next generation coming up. I enjoy teaching the next generation. I I get to Georgia State at least three times a year to uh, talk to, to the broadcasting school there. I, I am noticing something, though. In the classroom, when I was in Columbus, Miami, St. Louis, Louisville, Columbus, and Cleveland, and would talk to college students and even some high school classes, Radio doesn't seem to be as sexy to them as it was back when I was in the, in the 80s and 90s, right. okay? No, absolutely. And there's a reason for that. Most of the questions come about streaming, podcasting. In other words, there's nothing wrong with that, but it has kind of diluted the interest mm-hmm. of something called radio. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that has to happen. And and as I've told a couple of my uh, friends, I think that everything that has happened to radio has been self-inflicted by companies who own radio stations. Mm -hmm. There's a a reason why some stations are successful and companies are successful and some are not. And again, I'll say it one more time. There are no shortcuts to this. We talked about Bill Belichick and, and Robert Kraft. There's a reason why those guys have been where they are. It's the same thing as I've had to say to a couple of program directors who are into sports. There's a reason why the Golden State Warriors have done what they've done. They've got a good coach and they know how to put a team together. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to our team in radio, I believe, you know, some people say, well, if you can get that morning engine, that guy or that that team in the mornings, good things will happen. Well, it sure it does. I think today we cannot take any chances in midday 
afternoons or night. So when you put those pieces together and when they are locked in together, guess what happens? You get attention, the pieces are working together, and I will tell you this, I think the listeners hear that. I know right here in Atlanta, when I go to get gas or stop by a quick mart or whatever and somebody's got a radio on, I'll ask them, why are you listening to that station? And usually nine times out of 10, it's a station that's a top three, top five, and they're doing a good job at doing one thing that's satisfying their audience. Great stuff. And guys, it doesn't matter what format it is. As I was talking to a rock friend of mine out on the West Coast last week, it doesn't matter. You know, the basics are the basics. When the pieces are working together, good things happen. A terrific guy, Harry Lyles. Hey, somebody you'd like to hear from, we'd love to hear your suggestions. Email them to show at brandwithondemand.com. And we've got some new social media platforms to check out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. All you have to do is look for Brandwith Plus. That's Brandwith, P-L-U-S, one word. And we look forward to seeing what you have to say when you're there. Coming up, Harry shares some opportunities that many, including us, may find hiding in plain sight. Hi, this is Dave from Music Master Scheduling, here with another Music Master raving fan. Did someone say Music Master raving fan? Ding, ding, that's me. Hey, it's Lee McNabb, Operations Manager for Saga Communications Des Moines Radio Group. My mentors taught me music scheduling on Music Master, and that's what I use to teach the young Padawans of today. Ready to become a Music Master raving fan? Get in touch at musicmaster.com slash sales. I've used Music Master in some major markets for some major media players. I'm a major fan. Hey there, Kipper here. So you want to have some great merchandise for your radio station, but the budget says, "Uh uh-uh, we've got a solution. Radio Swag Shop. It's simple. You select the items, give them your logo, they create a store for you, you link to it, you promote it, and you sit back and collect the cash. Budget short, Radio Swag Shop is your answer. Just go to radioswagshop.com forward slash kipper. My name, radioswagshop.com forward slash kipper. Your ratings and bottom line will thank you. Opportunities hidden in plain sight. Plain sight. Brand with on demand. We are with one of the best and brightest, Harry Lyles. Harry, thinking about traditional radio, what's the one opportunity that you see that many station people, no matter market size, might find hiding in plain sight? Well, what's hiding in plain sight is something that you can hear with your ears, and it's called the overall essence of the radio station. Once you grasp what your vision, I'll say it one more time, the vision or the objective of the station, and you know what's happening, you don't know what's happening, but you should know what's happening. And some program directors say, well, I might know what's happening. But the question is, you must know what's happening for one thing to happen. And that's for that radio station to do one thing, have have listeners and those locals to wake up with it every morning, get in the car with it, eat breakfast with it. When, again, the station pieces are connected from a music standpoint, talent standpoint, marketing, social media, you create an impact because that's called engagement. And that's what listeners want. 
Terrific guy, Kipper. Harry Lyles. Links to his websites and more in the show notes. Just scroll down on your phone. Also, we've got a special handout going out the first quarter of this year. It's Seth Godin's 22 Quotes That Every Radio Person Should Know for 2022. Just check the show notes. As always, thanks to executive producer Cindy Huber for putting this all together and our associate producer Hannah B. for handling the guest bookings. And coming up next... Kipper, hello. Kipper McGee, are you there? Are you there? I think uh, the broadcasting gremlins got into his uh, Behringer board. Yeah, I think you're right. right. Yikes. No, I'm here now, and our next guest is the worldly and wise noted consultant, Brian Wright. That's a wrap, Kipper. Heritage. History. All that good stuff in the rearview mirror may help you next week or tomorrow. Well, we'll talk about it. One Minute Martinizing in the show notes at brandwithondemand.com. I'm Dave Martin. And I'm Kipper McGee. May all your brand with be wide.